once again to Raging and Eating. This is Rossi, better known as Chef Rossi, owner and executive chef of the Raging Skillet. And here we are. I gotta say it was a gorgeous day. I don't know where you are listening to me. You might be in Provincetown, Massachusetts. You might be in New Mexico. You might be in Albany. Rock on Albany. You might be in Florida. Where might you be? You know, I got friends in high places all over the place. But in New York City, it was friggin' gorgeous today. It's just like early spring. All of a sudden, it was so beautiful. And yesterday was kind of cold and drizzly and rainy and a little depressing. Today was gorgeous. And all of a sudden, trees were bursting into flowers. And it was like spring. And that's supposed to be crappy tomorrow, I suppose. But who cares? Because today was spectacular. It's one of those kind of days that you just remember what life's supposed to be about. And I'm not saying that you need gorgeous weather to have joy, to have love, to, you know, do the stance of life the right way. But it isn't a bad thing when it happens. You got to really roll with it. So I made a point to just spend a lot of time walking around and smelling the air and getting near nature. Well, you know, nature in Tompkins Square Park with 5,000 millennials sunbathing and Lots of dogs, you you know, going to the bathroom everywhere. But, you know, New York City nature, you know. I suppose I could have gone to Central Park, but I felt too lazy to leave my hood. I wanted to be right there where it was a gorgeous, gorgeous thing. And lots of things were happening. I was noticing people today, probably because I was walking a little slower. You know, you have to we go through life just sort of rushing all the time. And then we're not really noticing anyone. And... People are having all sorts of emotions all over the place. There were lots of young people in the park and love was blooming or sex, you know, or sex and love, whatever. You know, it's just kind of a nice thing. So I, it put me in a good mood and I went out to one of my favorite places and sat outside with uh, a friend that's kind of a new friend and her daughter and we had some great food and we just sort of enjoyed the moment and we got to talking about all kinds of things and I think the thing that was kind of rolling around it's interesting that it was like spring and gorgeous and dogs going to the bathroom all over the park and millennials getting ready to have sex and you know there was all that going on but um, the other thing that was going on was this thing about forgiveness. I mean, how does that tie in? You want to know. But it just was a topic of conversation all day long in a lot of ways. And I just got home and I got an email from another new friend of mine talking about forgiveness, um, in that case with her mother. So I don't know. It's interesting. What does spring and a beautiful day have to do with forgiveness? Who knows? But it's never a bad time to forgive. You know, I also... I've been thinking a lot about the subject in general because I would like to say that I don't hang on to grudges and I don't, you know, fester. But, you know, I'm human, right? Um, I still have like a gripe. You know, I'm still mad at Nixon. The poor guy's been dead forever and I'm still mad at him for what he did in Watergate. You know, why did he do that? He was winning by a landslide, you know. He didn't need to do that. Why did he have to kind of tarnish the presidency like that? You know, he was a total dingleberry, you know. But that was a long time ago. I mean, what was I like a little kid when that happened? And yet I'm still kind of ticked off at him for doing that. Of course, he suffered enough, so the poor guy. I guess I could forgive him, right? 
but the subject kind of came up. And even this message I just got from my new friend, she was talking about how she had had a bad relationship with her mother. And yet in the last 10 years of her mother's life, she managed to forgive her mother and went on to having the relationship she'd, al- she'd always dreamed of having with her mother. And I guess I could say the same thing with my father. I mean, my father, he was a tough guy. He was a G.I. Joe kind of guy. Kind of unusual for a Jewish guy to be such a G.I. Joe kind of guy. But he really was. But he was very tough, no emotion, not a lot of laughter. Usually he spoke in grunts and one-syllable words. He even managed to shorten shut up to one word. He would go shop, just one word. And he was a disciplinarian. And so when did he want to talk? When it was time to discipline us, right? And of course, we wound up being two roosters in the hen house. We butted heads a lot. And in retrospect, I think he was probably a little bit afraid of me. And maybe that wasn't a bad thing for him to be because I was a little bit scary when I was a teenager. But a million years later, when he got to be a much older guy and his got to be in his 80s and his health started to fail and he started his arthritis and this and that and he really started kind of needing help um i stepped in why did i step in i mean a lot of my friends were like why are you helping him he was such a crappy father to you but i said at the time you know i kind of feel like maybe i can give to him what i always wished he had given to me. And it wound up being an incredibly healing thing. So I stepped in and helped him when he needed it the most. And I suppose I saved his life, um, thinking back about it. But we wound up having a very healing, very beautiful, tender, loving, um, I guess, last five or six years of his life. And... It just was kind of a way to go back and fix what I had never gotten. So maybe he wasn't the father I'd always wanted. But then I wound up being the daughter he really needed and parenting him and loving him in this way. He was so appreciative. I've never met anyone in my life who was happier to see me than my father was when I walked into the room. He would yell, there's my queen, my angel, who never forgets me. Of course, I had two Hebrew national hot dogs in my hand, and that was probably what he was really talking about, much more so than me. But it was incredibly healing. I let go of all that anger. I was lighter and airier. I felt that I had really done right by my father and really nourished him and gave him a wonderful, comfortable last five, six years of his life onto his next journey. And it did kind of work. It was like going back in time and healing myself. So I'd have to ask you, you know, how might you do that? You know, who are you angry at and how might you forgive them? I mean, it really is a gift for yourself more than them, especially because life is so short. I mean, please do not hold on to a grudge with your parents because you really don't know how long they're going to be around. They can be gone in a second. And it does happen very quickly, very sadly. It really can. So so today with the gorgeous weather and seeing some new friends and thinking about old friends and the subject of forgiveness that kept coming up, it all kind of rolled in together. 
That and a lot of eating. I gotta say, I really did pig out today at this outdoor restaurant. It's an old Ukrainian diner that I love. It's an institution, so I had to have latkes, big giant potato pancakes, just smothered in applesauce. Just love it. And I decided, even though we were having an early dinner, that you can have breakfast 24 hours a day, so why not? So I had my latkes with fried eggs because that's how I roll. And then, of course, since it was breakfast, I had what should have been a mimosa, only I said, but skip the, skip the orange juice. I'm having Prosecco and latkes and eggs, and that's how I'm rolling. So that and the weather and the forgiveness, it really kind of rolled into a great thing. And so then, as the day went on, I said goodbye to my new friends. Well, a new friend that I met, um, I guess, a year and a half ago, but still new. And I went on a walk through the gorgeous air and the beautiful night and the breeze and everything was just fantastic. And on the way home, I started thinking about vegetarian food. Odd segue, I know. How did I go from having latkes and eggs and champagne and forgiveness and dogs even sitting in the bathroom all over the park and the trees flowering and everything else to thinking about vegetarian food? But I guess it's because I have been getting asked quite a bit lately to cater vegetarian weddings. I think what happened was I catered a vegetarian wedding and they went out and told people and they went out and told people and they went out and told people. You know, it's the same way I became a wedding caterer. I didn't start out as a wedding caterer. It's just that wedding food was always so horrible in the 80s. And I catered a wedding and I gave them really good food and they said, oh my God, we're having good food at a wedding. So they went out and told people who told people, told people and you know, you get what I mean. So, same thing with the vegetarian wedding thing. But the way that I love to do vegetarian weddings is instead of like, I mean, I feel sorry for the vegetarians because everyone always wants to do the same thing for them. You're a vegetarian here, have some pasta. That's the easy way out, right? I feel like, let me give you everything that you might have a jonesing for, but you can't have and just kind of give it to you in a different way. Like I was out with my fabulous friend, Sher Muffy, the other night. That was the rainy, dismal night. That was actually yesterday. Felt like a week ago. And Sher Muffy, who is an actor, writer, director, producer, catering director, and real estate broker, and I think I missed four or five other jobs, she was actually in a short play, and she was really great. She played a talking camel. It's pretty cool. The only, only Charmaine could make her Muffy, her Buffy name, could make a talking camel so entertaining. And then afterwards, we went to a great little divey West Village restaurant, and it was a dismal kind of gray night, and Char Muffy had spaghetti and meatballs. Oh my God, I've never seen anything more delicious looking in my life. And I grew up having spaghetti and meatballs, but now I'm gluten-free. No more for me, right? Except that I'm going to try it at home sometime with gluten-free spaghetti. But I got to thinking, like the poor vegetarians, they don't ever get spaghetti and meatballs, right? So my, the way that I roll is let me give the vegetarians everything they might be jonesing for that they can't get. And it just, just so happens that some time ago, I made some pretty spectacular vegetarian meatballs to go with spaghetti. And in this particular case, I used Beyond Burger meat. You know, the Beyond meat is Beyond Burgers and... They have Beyond Sausages. 
and it's, I don't know, I just love the flavor of it. I think it's mostly made out of pea protein. Not pea as in I have to pee pee, that's disgusting. Pea as in P-E-A, you know, like baby peas, pee-pee-peas, you know. Anyway, so the way I made the Beyond, the Beyond, darling, it's totally Beyond. The way I made the Beyond meatballs was I chopped up and sauteed some onions and really smothered them. So they had lots of color and lots of flavor. And then I threw in some minced garlic and cooked that up too. And then I took my Beyond Meat and I gave it some Italian seasoning. I gave it a little bit of celery salt and salt, some dry dry oregano, some dry thyme, a little bit dry basil. And I mixed it up with my super smothered onions and garlic and mixed the whole thing up and rolled it into balls. And then what I did was I've done this a couple of different ways. I'm partial to putting meatballs in the oven, whether they're veggie meatballs or meat meatballs. So I sprayed a little cooking spray on some sheet pans, and I've done it like that. I also sometimes put parchment paper down, and I put my meatballs in the oven. And then just till they're cooked, the Beyond Burger meatballs, eh, 10 or 15 minutes at like 350 should be enough. You want them to have a little bit of color. So then... You make a gorgeous, at this point, you can just put the whole thing in the fridge and forget about it or even put it in the freezer if you're so inclined. Then you make gorgeous marinara, which I make that a lot of different ways, but I get whole tomatoes and I smush them with my hands and pretend while I'm smushing them that they're ex-lovers of mine that I'm still mad at. I guess I have to work on that forgiveness thing, huh? All right. Well, I'll get back to that part. And I put that in a big pot and I give it a little bit of balsamic, a little balsamic glaze or a little balsamic vinegar and some salt and pepper and some oregano and some thyme. I cook and cook a little salt. And pe- Did I say salt and pepper? Well, if I didn't, I say it again. But the pepper should be fresh ground pepper. And I cook and I cook and I cook. And sometimes I'll give it a little bit of red wine if I am so inclined. If I have fresh basil, I throw it in. If I have fresh thyme, I throw it in. Sometimes I sweeten it up with a pinch of honey or a pinch of brown sugar or a pinch of sugar sugar. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I give it a little drizzle of fresh orange juice, believe it or not. I make it a lot of different ways. You want a nice, robust, gorgeous marinara. And I cook mine for a long time. My Italian chef friend Maurizio, he makes a marinara in a half hour. I, I want mine cooked so long it turns purple like a very purple-looking, slow-cooked, endless marinara, very robust. And sometimes what I'll do is I'll burn some tomato paste in a pan and mix that in too. Anyway, so then for my Beyond Meatballs, I just sit them in a deep pan of the gorgeous marinara sauce and put it in the oven and heat it through like that and let them kind of suck up a lot of that sauce And then you serve it with spaghetti or gluten-free spaghetti. And there, your vegetarians got to have spaghetti and meatballs. And isn't that an exciting thing? And now, I have served this to diehard meat eaters, and they friggin' love it. So, what can I say? There are some things I can't quite do. Like, I make a killer barbecue brisket. I'm really proud of my barbecue brisket. And that, I cannot do vegetarian. You know, wheat, gluten, eh, you know, all these things. Turn, turn a cauliflower into a turkey. There's all these things people do, but barbecue brisket, no, I'm sorry. I'm not going to make a wheat gluten barbecue brisket, but I can give you gorgeous spaghetti and meatballs. So, you know, the glass is half full. You know what I mean? Stop crying over spilt brisket. So in honor of forgiveness and healing 
and gorgeous spring and beautiful weather and all that kind of stuff. Doing some vegetarian stuff is kind of a great good karma thing to do, right? So, I mean, I'm not saying I'm perfect because Lord knows I do love some barbecue brisket. As a matter of fact, this week I'm catering a wedding and the entree is barbecue brisket. We have a Texas groom and a Jewish Ashkenazi bride. So we are serving pastrami crusted salmon and Texas barbecue brisket. I mean, that is just a marriage made in heaven as far as I'm concerned. Because I was in Texas, I ate a lot of barbecue brisket, and I'm a Jewish girl, so what can I say? Now, I make my barbecue brisket a lot of different ways, so the vegetarians, you all may want to leave the room now because this is going to make you sad, but we get the brisket in, we trim the extra fat off, but we want to leave a layer of fat on it. And then I'll make a rub. I make a rub a lot of different ways. Usually I'll do fresh ground pepper and celery salt and onion powder and garlic powder, Cajun spice and paprika and dry ground mustard and chili powder and cumin and coriander, a little bit of everything. I rub that all over my brisket. Now, I used to and then I'll put, then I see, put, seal it up, put it in the fridge, forget about it the next day. Next day I'm cooking it. Take it out and let it come to room temperature for like an hour. I used to take that whole brisket and sear it in a little oil in a big giant skillet, really char it on the outside. But we just discovered it really is kind of a waste. It doesn't really add enough to it to warrant all the dishwashing and all the hazari. So now I put a rack in a deep roasting pan. I put my brisket in the rack. They really want the fat side up. And I'll put some liquid underneath. Now, the rack is pushing it up like an inch from the bottom. So I'll put some liquid underneath. And you could just do water, but that's boring. So usually I'll do something with a little flavor because you're kind of going to steam the brisket. So I'll pour in some apple juice. Or my favorite thing to do is to pour in a couple bottles of beer. And I foil up the whole thing and I stick it in the oven at like... 3 350 for an hour or so and I can pull it out check on it check the liquid and then I'll put it in for another hour make sure the liquid's there and replenish it if it's not and then I pull it out and then I pour over the whole thing the entire brisket I just drown it in barbecue sauce that I've given a little bit of cider vinegar to and sometimes I also give a little beer to it foil the whole thing up. So you want to keep it very wet. And the end result is in about four hours, you're going to have a nice, slow roasted, super soft, gorgeous brisket that you don't need teeth to eat. It'll just disintegrate in your mouth. And if you have bigger brisket and it wants a little longer, give it a little longer. Don't rush it. You know, life is short, but brisket needs a long time. So I cook the brisket. If I'm serving brisket on a Friday, I'm cooking my brisket on Wednesday. You know, it's a whole day project, believe me. Then it comes out of the oven and it has to cool down before you can put it in the fridge. You put it in the fridge finely and you forget about it. The next day, when it's ice cold, you take the brisket out and you slice it ice cold because you don't want to slice it hot. It falls apart. You put those perfect slices in a deep uh, baking pan And your sauce, I would say my advice is not to pour it over the brisket, but to pour all your sauce. You might want to take off. Now that it's cold, you can get rid of the extra fat. You can just skim off the fat layer. But you might want to take that sauce and put it in a pot and cook it down, adjust the seasonings. 
see what it wants. You might want to give it a little Worcestershire. You might want to give it a little more barbecue. You might want to give it a little more hickory. Lots of things you want to do to it. And then you put that in quart-sized containers. And when you are getting ready to actually serve this on the Friday, you heat up your sauce nice and hot. You pour it over the brisket. And then you foil over the top, put the whole thing in the oven at kind of a low temperature, maybe 250. And you just let it warm up and just suck in all that juice. And you get the brisket of the gods, baby. It's totally sick. So vegetarians, I'm so sorry. But I did give you some gorgeous vegetarian spaghetti and meatballs, didn't I? Doesn't that count for something? Now, it will say when I'm serving something like my Texas barbecue brisket, I feel bad for the vegetarian. So what I'll do is I'll try to give them the experience as best I can. So I'll take a whole portabella and marinate it in olive oil and give it all of the rub, the whole rub that the brisket got. I'll mix it up in olive oil and dredge the portabella in it. So it's still got that chili powder and cumin and coriander, paprika, everything that the brisket got. And then we char grill it. See, it has lots of color and it's really kind of steaky. And then we serve it to the vegetarians. We'll slice it, kind of like fan it a little bit and give it a gorgeous barbecue sauce, the same sauce that the brisket had. So we're kind of emulating this for the vegetarians. And look, it's not brisket, but it's pretty damn good. You know what I mean? And, you know, and if they don't like it, they can come over and I'll make them a meatball. What can I say? But it is a pretty good thing. So it's a work in progress. So in honor of gorgeous days and spring, spring is about new beginnings. So new beginnings are also about forgiveness. They're also about, you know, how you can live a lighter, healthier, more awesome life. And why can't we celebrate doing some gorgeous vegetarian stuff? And, you know, when we're done celebrating or doing all the gorgeous vegetarian stuff, maybe we can make some barbecue brisket. So clearly I'm not a very good vegetarian, but I'm a work in progress. What can I say? You know, I think about my dad a lot lately. I think about those last, I guess it was six years that I got to come full circle with him. It was such a healing thing for us both. And I've never in my entire life, no matter how much someone loved me, I've never been greeted with that much, you know, jubilance as my father, when I would walk into his room, he would light up like the 4th of July. There's my beautiful daughter who never forgets me, my queen, my queen. I'm telling you, I've had people madly in love with me. Not one time did they ever call me my queen. I mean, I did once have someone who was kind of hating on me and they called me the queen of mean, but that was just because I didn't want to go out with them. You know, you can't go out with everybody who likes you. You have to be a little bit selective. Of course, I was much younger and sexier at the time, and now I don't have a million people running after me, asking me to date them, but um, it does occasionally happen. It seems to happen to me in grocery stores in Florida, um, where older, generally older fat men um, like to you know, stare at me a lot in grocery stores in Florida. And every once in a while, I think they purposely hit my grocery cart with their grocery cart. I remember this episode of Happy Days. Are you old enough to remember Happy Days with Arthur Fonzarelli, the Fonz, yeah? And uh, Richie's mother said that when she would go to grocery stores, men would ram her cart with their cart. Well, I always thought that was just a joke that only happened in Happy Days. But 
In Florida, older fat men, usually Jewish, they must smell the Jew in me because I am also Jewish. What can I say? As you know, and proud I am. But um, they tend to stare at me and kind of run their cart into my cart. So I guess that's a mating ritual for the over 85 gentlemen of Florida. Is that the thing? Is that how it works? You stare someone down and you hit their cart with your cart. But also, listen, these guys are like 30, 40 years older than me. So come on. I mean, what is that about? You don't see women who are like 85 hitting on people 30, 40 years younger than them, do you? Well, once in a while you do. And more power to them. I guess who said that has a younger thing? I think it's Cher. Well, Cher can have a younger thing. She deserves it. But I digress, par usual. So if you see me in a grocery store and you are an 85-year-old fat man, do not mess with my grocery cart because I'm shopping and I don't like shopping because I don't like people bothering me. And if you hit my cart with your cart, I'm going to give you a really dirty look, okay? I know that's supposed to be a compliment, but I don't like it. Oh, this is right. I'm supposed to be nice and forgiving. All right, dirty old man of Florida, I forgive you, but leave my cart alone, okay? Dieno, I'm not up for that. Too much chazerai. So, vegetarians, go and make yourself some meatballs. And if you don't want to do the Beyond Burger, some people don't like it. You can do the same thing with Impossible Burgers. That's also really good. And both of them are now gluten-free. Impossible Burger Meat used to be gluten-full, but now it's gluten-free. And if you're not a vegetarian, you got to try some oven barbecued brisket. I'm telling you, that is one sexy piece of meat. As you know, I'm not a vegetarian, but I'm, you know, kind of a hybrid. One foot in the meat and one foot in the veggie and two feet in the karma. So even with the meat, I'm trying to like have happy cows, happy lives, not miserable cows. Because I do think you can taste miserable when you have meat, you know what I mean? You can taste it in your food for sure. You know, I've gone to restaurants and the food looked good and, and smelled good, but you put it in your mouth and I'm like, you had to get kind of an aftertaste. And sometimes I think the aftertaste was how miserable the cook was. You look in the kitchen, there's some cook in there who just looks like, forget it, he looks like he died last Tuesday and no one bothered to tell him. And I think you can kind of taste it in the food. So, but I digress, par usual. So, your homework today. No, I won't give you homework. I care about you too much. But uh, just if you think, who might you forgive? You know, definitely forgive your parents, you know, because come on, how long do they have? Life is short. And if you are a mother and you are a father and your kids are really bothering you and really being rotten, you got to try and forgive them too. Because, you know, later on when you're much, much older, you're kind of, you're going to want them to come and bring you Hebrew National hot dogs or chili or grilled cheese sandwiches or whatever it is that you like. And so if you're mean to them now, they might not bring you the hot dogs later. You got to think of it like an insurance policy. Be nice to your kids so that in 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 years, they'll bring you hot dogs when you need it. You know, think about it that way. It's like put it in now, collect it later. An insurance policy. This is Rossi, better known as Chef Rossi. And I have no idea what we're going to call today's show, but I'll think about it. Something about meatballs and Michigash. That might not be a bad name. Um, and as always, food is love, and so are you. And I forgive you. Now, you never did anything rotten to me, but I forgive you anyway. I'm just sending out a waft of forgiveness because it's beautiful and it's spring and it's glorious. And now you go forgive somebody. And then 
you know, make up with your parents, make up with your kids. Life's short. You know what I mean? Let's get the karma flowing. It's spring, new beginnings, new birth, and veggie meatballs. And why not? Have a fabulous day or night or wherever you are at the moment.